Here's a roundup of what's been happening for the last few months, as well as a few things I'm learning, maybe a challenge or two for you along the way. Well, to start off, it's been 13 months, a year, a one-year anniversary at the Capital One Cafe in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Cafe is located right across from Nordstrom, diagonal from Pioneer Courthouse Square. It's a beautiful location, so if you're local... I highly recommend checking it out if you're downtown or if you're looking for a new place to get some work done or meet up with people. It's a beautiful space. Uh, I like to say it has the feel of an Apple store. It's two stories. So don't be deceived by the ground floor, which is beautiful on its own with uh, places to sit, uh, Pete's coffee bar. But then upstairs, don't miss the couches, chairs, Lots of natural light. And if you're a student group or a nonprofit, there's also two rooms, two conference rooms, beautiful glass conference rooms that you can also use. And when I'm not at the Capital One Cafe in downtown Portland, I'm continuing to do individual coaching. I was going to say with individuals, but that would be a little redundant. So where have I been over the last few months? Well, we'll go back as far as August. August was a fantastic month. I took the entire month off with a little work here and there. And by work, I mean phone calls, moving some contracts forward, those kinds of things. But for the month of August, I was essentially off because me and my family took a road trip in our little minivan, we went 6,800 miles, 6,800 miles in 26 days. It was a super awesome disconnected time of not being disconnected from maybe the internet and the world to a certain extent, but not from each other. It was the opposite, which was really, really, really cool. We mixed business, pleasure, learning, friends, family, all kinds of different things Um, I might just do a separate episode on that, but we'll see. September was back to school, back into the home routines, sort of. (laughs) My son got into an option school that we had been trying to get him into that um, he hadn't gotten into, and we didn't find out that that a space had opened up for him until, actually, we were somewhere in Montana driving home. By the way, this back to this road trip. This road trip went from Portland, Oregon, through Idaho, Wyoming, uh, Missouri, Tennessee, North Carolina, and then north to Michigan, and then back west through Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana. Washington, and then back home. So on our very last day of driving, which was a very long day, we drove a thousand miles in about 17 or 18 hours. It, it kind of it came down to one of those situations where it's like, do we want to get another hotel room or find somewhere to camp? Or do we just want to be home and sleeping in our own bed? And we opted for the latter. So anyway, on the way home, on the last day, we get a call. I thought it was a junk call, so I didn't answer it. But then I checked my uh, messages while I was the passenger and found that the school had called and wanted to know if my son wanted to 
come to their school. So we called them back and said yes. Anyway, that just set off a whole new schedule, a schedule that has us all getting up at 5.30 now and uh, any number of other things that we weren't quite prepared for that we've gotten used to. I also started working with a new coach, which has been transformative, and we'll most likely be talking about that sprinkled in with different things here. So that was September. October, uh, some unexpected challenges, an annoying cold, um, some some other health challenges from some other family members that were mostly uh, working through. There were a little bit of a surprise. And um, I also... I also tackled, started to undeclutter one of the big closets in my den. It's kind of like my little hidey hole for all my computer junk and audio equipment and old journals and books and client material. Any, anyway, the, the big takeaway on that one was I can't tell you the beauty of and the, the freedom and maybe the peace that comes from tackling getting rid of stuff. What I did there that might be useful to you is instead of dealing with everything at once, my wife was a huge help here. And what we did was we put everything in rubber bins, separated and labeled by what they were. So it's kind of grouped, grouped all the junk so that in the future I can pull a rubber bin or two down, go through it, discard, sort or whatever, versus trying to deal with it all at once, which was just ginormously overwhelming. And now here we are in November. It's almost half over. And I'm looking forward to everyone being healthy again, including myself, decluttering some more, rebooting some of my routines and systems, slowing down even more than I have been before. Slowing down um, is has kind of been an ongoing theme since I joined the ACS community uh, over yeah, almost a year ago, or more than a year ago, depending on when you want to count. Continuing to reapply that, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about what that means. So that's November, and yeah, also I guess the theme of November is is adding nothing new, no new travel, uh, staying local for the holidays. I guess I, I guess the summary would be I'm I'm looking forward to trying to instill some sort of routine. Also of note, recently, uh, there have been a couple of interviews of people wanting to know my story. One of them I published recently with a previous client, and uh, that was on my own podcast feed here. But then also, I was on Anthony Angaro's Break the Twitch podcast and had an opportunity there to talk more about my journey and what coaching is and how to get out, get out of our own way. So I'll link to that if that's of interest. And who knows, maybe there will be a re-airing of it on this uh, podcast feed in the future too. So I was talking to a previous client the other day. You know who you are, person that lives a bazillion miles away from where I am. So I answered the question for him at the time, but I'm going to answer that question again for myself now. And maybe you might want to ask yourself that question. If you were to do a podcast episode, a blog post, a journal entry on something you're learning right now that's, I don't know, maybe it's making a difference in your life. It's something that's in the way that you're figuring out how to move through 
Um, yeah, play with that prompt. But here's what I came up with. I am wasting tons of time consuming energy on things that I can't control. And along with this, related to another concept that I picked up recently through this new coach I'm working with, is the idea of Ho'opono Opono, which is the Hawaiian... Um, I'm going to call it a theme, but it's, or a concept, Hawaiian concept of forgiveness. I'll link to a little bit more on what that is. But one of the ideas behind this concept is the idea of 100% responsibility. So the paradox here, I suppose, is that I'm ruminating on situations that I can't change. And then... I also related to Ho'opono Ho'opono, this idea of 100% responsibility. So what if we're 100% responsible for everything in our world? Which, I get it, is kind of a... Hmm, maybe a little hard to believe, but I think there is some real power and usefulness in trying it on as a perspective. So in other words, a perspective is a lens to look at things through. So what could things look like if I were to look through the perspective or lens that I am 100% responsible for everything going on in my life right now? And so about a week ago, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I turned to a tried and trusted tool that might be useful for you, which is writing. I don't know what it is. There's something about sitting at my little desk here with a cup of coffee. First thing in the day, paper or computer works well. I still confess to loving to writing in terminal window using Mac Vim or Vim for all you geeks out there. Um, although more often than not, it's LibreOffice because of the formatting. Anyhow, so I've never regretted doing this. So I sat down the other morning and I just started writing. and playing with different perspectives, just basically saying, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. What if I played with this idea that I'm 100% responsible for everything that's going on? What could that tell me? And so one of the first things I played with is, well, if I'm 100% responsible for getting sick, what could I do to change that? Hmm. Maybe it's time to pick up the exercise routine again. Maybe it's time to eat better. Again, if I were to ask this question myself, if I was 100% responsible for being well or sick, what would I do? Again, don't waste any time getting hung up or stuck on, yes, but are you really 100% responsible? I mean, what about all those people on the bus that are sick and they get you sick? I mean, are you responsible for that fact that they're sick? And you take that any number of places that are not useful. So just stick with me on this. <laughs> just play with it. That's all I'm doing with this. Do I believe that I'm 100% responsible for 100% of the things in the world? No, I don't. But th there's some there's something here. Now, related to this idea of Ho'opono Ho'opono is the idea of forgiving things that are in your world that you're 100% responsible for. I'm not going to talk about that today. But when I really sat down and got clear about what wasn't working in my life, here's what I came up with. Or here's what I... This is... 
this is what I came up with as as the next step to take. And I cannot tell you how much psychic uh, brain space it's cleared up and how much peace it's brought into my life. You might want to consider something similar or you know something that fits the context of your life. So first thing I did was, and then this is, it's fascinating. This is all coming to me as I'm just writing all this. I'm just dumping all this stuff in this document. This is what's not working. I don't like this. You know, how can we fix this or how to change this or um, this has got to end. I'm done with this. Oh my goodness. I'm wasting so much energy and time over here. So here's what I came up with. This is my real list and this is what I'm doing. And I pegged it until the next meeting with my coach, which is in a few weeks. So the first thing, I deleted all the news podcasts from my phone. I didn't have very many of them, but it was just this constant, uh, as Anthony Angaro would say, the Brick the Twitch podcast and his whole community there. It was a Twitch. It was a, oh, I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to look for something hopeful. I'll go check or listen to more of what's going on in the world that's broken that I keep hoping will be fixed. So no more news podcasts on my phone. I have not missed them. I also don't have the distraction. I also vowed not to go on Facebook for three weeks. Now, I'm not a big Facebooker. I I post very little stuff there, but I had kind of fallen into a habit of just scrolling and scrolling and eavesdropping on everyone else's lives, which in a lot of cases, sometimes I don't struggle that much with comparing myself to other people, but I suppose that proclivity is there. And it was a lot of comparison, <laughs> judgment. Wow, you know, like, wow, well, I wouldn't do that, or I wouldn't do it that way, or this could be better. All kinds of thoughts that just were not playing helpful or serving me. And what's funny about Facebook is, as I mentioned, I don't post very much stuff there, but I had spent a lot of time there, say, the last nine months, because there was a private Facebook group there for the ACS community that I was in. So no more Facebook for three weeks. I still have Messenger, on my iPad. Now, Messenger is the messaging app within Facebook that I don't trust at all, but a lot of people from ACS and elsewhere like to communicate with me on it. Not a lot, but people do from time to time. So anyway, I have a way to still communicate with people on Facebook if they message me because I can use a standalone app on my iPad. The third thing, cannot go to the New York Times or the Washington Post. Now, you can, I guess, extrapolate anything you want about my political views uh, based on those two websites, it's probably not completely true, so don't. Um, I go there, I go all, all kinds of different places, but what I was finding was that those two particular websites in particular were kind of uh, wormholes. They just sucked me in, and it was one article to the next, to the, oh, let's see if there's anything new. And so I've thrown those out. I still go read the news. Um, I've got another site or two that I go to where it's very summary, it's, it's a very distilled you could say more neutral view of the news, but even you know, what is neutral and unbiased mean these days? I have no idea. So anyway, I do occasionally go to that site and I can still feel sometimes that same urge of like, oh, is there anything new here? Uh, most often there's not. And then I just move on and I don't get sucked into that website the way that I did with those. So that's what I'm doing there. The fourth thing. So I've got this meditation habit or streak or whatever going that is still going pretty strong. But as a result of my travels in August, it was very 
it was very minimal. In other words, my my underlying goal had always been at least 10 minutes one time a day. Don't break the chain. And so I was able to do that through travel, through sickness, through whatever, but it was often very uncomfortable. Like there's nothing worse than sitting cross-legged on a sleeping bag in a tent at 10 o'clock at night because you've got to get in your 10 minutes. And it just, yeah, I was just doing the bare minimum. But what I realized was when I was doing this consistently in the morning and at night, I felt better. I was more grounded. I was more centered. So we we made that the rule again. Uh, number five, a pono pono practice. This is a really interesting mantra. It's it's four, it's four lines. Uh, you can say it to yourself. You can say it to other people. You can kind of say it to the world. There's something about it. I don't know what goes on around it, but all I can say is it has been a huge, huge tool to help free me from judgment of myself and of others, which is still a huge work in progress. So it's four lines. The first line is, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And you can repeat that. I said the first line, but there's, those are all four lines. What I like to do is like think of myself or a particular person or a situation that is uh, not to my liking <laughs> and repeat those four phrases over and over again before kind of moving on to the next one. And then the sixth thing is I mentioned at the top that I have this uh, money coaching role at the Capital One Cafe. They have outfitted me with the latest tech, everything, and making it very easy to check in on that. And what I found is that I'm constantly checking it, even though the real core activities that I do are in person. And so I set a limit on that. You can only check email and Slack one time a day. So and I've caught myself a few times like, well, if this is my one time, is this when I really want to do it? And several times I've said, mm, no, I don't think it is. I'll save that for later. And inevitably when I check in, there's nothing that important there. But this was another twitch. This was another distraction, another, um, let me check and see if there's anything new. Let me check and see if there's anything new. And it just wasn't serving me. So the combination of all these things has freed up more space, more space to slow down, more space to just be. I'm more present to my family. Uh, the other night, I was sitting on the couch at 8 p.m. and just kind of staring off into space because well, I mentioned these six things. Another thing that I will hopefully talk about another time is I'm on a book fast. So... In my work with this new coach, there's a handful of books that I'm reading. I only allow myself to be in four of them at a time, if that. And the goal is to go super deep with a few books instead of constantly trying to finish one to pick up the latest shiny thing. This has been huge, huge, huge. Again, slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. Reading the same book, say, three times. And even going as I go through the third time, thinking wow, I don't remember this chapter at all, but this is really good. So anyway, sitting on the couch at 8, 8, 8 p.m., kind of just zoning out, just thinking, just being, and I kept falling asleep. So 
I got into bed at nine o'clock and I was out by nine thirty, and then I woke up at six thirty. Did my body need that rest? Apparently, it did, and it was just what I needed. It was totally what I needed. Instead of again being on all these sites and all this stuff up until time to go to bed and then trying to wind down and that not happening. The other thing that it opened up to was on another night I was doing the same thing and I had a really great conversation with my wife. She needed to share a bunch of stuff and I was there and I was present and I wasn't consumed in all these thought loops about all these things that I couldn't change or that were just taking up space that I really couldn't do anything about. Something that I'm I'm leaning into heavily that's working so far in terms of avoiding some of these things that I promised not to do is to remember the pain. So remembering the ongoing ease and open space I experience in my brain and in my body when I'm not on these websites and I'm not constantly checking email or whatever. Also remembering like that I haven't missed anything. So not having been on Facebook now for two weeks or so, I, I can't remember a day where I woke up and was just so disappointed and sad that I hadn't seen the latest selfie or picture of someone's family or some brag about something. Like, I just have not missed it. Same with um, also eating, like sugar. There's a bunch of Halloween candy around, all that kind of stuff. And I just keep telling myself, you know, eating a bunch of sugar, if you want to stay healthy, that's not helping you stay healthy or that's not, you know, helping you with your resilience. So don't eat the candy. So let's wrap this one up. Here's my challenge and or encouragement. What are you sick and tired of being sick and tired of? What if you were 100% responsible for those things? And lastly, what are you going to do about it starting now? If you have no idea or you're just not sure, I can't say enough about getting on a piece of paper, opening a document on your computer, and just start writing. Even if the first few lines are, John Polster suggested this silly writing assignment and I have no idea how this is going to work and it probably won't work for me, but I'm going to try it. So if I were to list the things that are on my mind that are, you know, stealing my attention and energy or that I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of, well, it might be this or it might be that or this isn't working well, but I'll keep trying to try for 10 minutes. The other thing I suggest in terms of starting right away is like, what are the, what's the smallest if you can think of like my magic list, which is just my magic list, uh, but again, it came through reading and just sitting and just saying, I'm sick of this. What am I going to do about it? Uh, small steps over time. Start small. Small steps over time is way bigger and better, in my opinion, because you create some momentum and you do it successfully versus turning your entire world upside down and then failing at all of it. So if anything caught your attention here or you'd like to go deeper on it, Send me an email, podcast at johnpolster.com, and we'll take it from there. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates. <laughs>